0: Welcome to the Matt Mosley Show.
1: To Garrett Rose, who joins us now. Garrett, uh, whatever the saying is, you you go viral. Uh, This was, uh, when did you start realizing that your celebration uh, was uh, was being seen around the country?
2: Um, It was honestly, sorry, I'm still very hoarse from the game. But it was like right after the whole celebration, we were walking out. My friends and family were texting me like, "Dude, you're all over social media," and I was just like, "Holy cow! What the heck is going on?"
1: <laughs> oh man! Uh, and, and by the way, I thought you—you kind of thought Barstool went after you or something. They didn't. They were having fun, and they—they they showed oh, yeah, you no, and. People, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I People saw, tell I, me they're
2: like, I, "This doesn't <laughs> count." And I was like, "Hey, man." Yeah. I don't. <laughs> I, don't I don't. I'm not that popular. So the fact that y'all are talking about me is like. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it.
0: This is the Matt Mosley Show. Here's your host, Matt Mosley.
1: it is Matt Mosley. Welcome in. Day two of my return to the 3 o'clock hour. And uh, we'll go to 4 o'clock today and turn it over to game time. But uh, great to be with you. And a lot going on in Central Texas. A lot going on in the sports world as the NBA playoffs get going tonight. The play-in tournament. Oh man, this is new, and it's added some intrigue, and uh, at some point today we may have to have a, a good laugh about the Lakers, the mighty defending champs, LeBron and AD having to fight for their lives to even stay in the playoffs, a team that will now turn around and play the Warriors, and if they lose to the Warriors, then they go play again just to try to stay alive in the playoffs. Garrett Ross with me today. Steven Simcox continuing to be on some sort of training session that I don't really understand. And he's training somebody. I didn't, I thought he was, I didn't know, I don't know what that's about, but uh, we will welcome him back at some point. But Garrett does an incredible job. We've been able to just kind of move right on. But uh, it it is, um, Garrett, do you think, um, do you think most of America. Other than – and there's a lot of hangers-on. There's a lot of bandwagon Lakers fans out there. We may even have a few out there. You mm-hmm. can text us, 254-662-1660, CNC collision. I would say a lot of folks are, are rooting against the Lakers because it is uh, – you know, they obviously – it was between the Lakers and Celtics, but they're sort of the Yankees. Um, of the NBA or the Cowboys, however you want to phrase that, but a team that people love to hate. And the fact that they've got to go in this play-in tournament, the reason I think it serves them right is because of all the, all the sitting out that they do. Okay, LeBron, you're going to miss a month. AD, you're going to be out for a month. And I get it. They've got injuries. I'm not saying they're not legit. But you know who else has injuries? The Joker. And what does he do? He just plays right through them. Just plays every single game. That is the way the game used to be played. Now uh, we're entering a playoffs, and Garrett, have we? I mean, other than the the big three for Brooklyn, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant. How many games would you venture to guess? I think I know the answer to this. Mm-hmm. That that those guys have played together this whole season. We have 72 regular season games. How many games have the big three played together?
3: I want to say it's like 12. It's very minimal, and it's honestly, if you're a Nets fan, you've got to be concerned about
1: it. Well, and I'm not, and I don't think you are either. No. But, uh, But it will be fascinating to see if they can put it back together, put it back, you know, those Warriors teams that were so great with Durant, I mean, they played together all season. It wasn't like they were taking a ton of time off. I mean, it's kind of like when a circus comes to town. I mean, think about that. Think about if you, when when I was a kid and I'd go to these Mavericks games, it, it, was there a chance that Larry Bird was going to sit out? No. Was there a chance that Kareem was going to sit out a game? No. There just wasn't. Unless they had some kind of major injury, magic was going to be out there. You go to the games, and of course, in the COVID world, it's all changed. I feel like since they don't have as many fans these days, they, uh, you know they're handling that all differently. Speaking of fans, big announcement on the Baylor, on the Baylor front. In fact, um, do you know Garrett where the breaking news sounder is? I will hunt to- that down for you. Hang on. <laughs> okay, this is where um, I'll buy you some time. We usually we usually like to play this when there is some big breaking news. And there it is. There it is. Garrett Ross will step into the um, Central Texas newsroom and deliver the following news. Uh, Garrett, if you would let everybody know the big news about the capacity at Baylor, the the breaking news that has occurred this afternoon.
3: So capacity will be back to 100% for all outdoor activities. And that will start actually with the baseball series against Oklahoma. So go out, support the Bears, be out there 100%, man.
1: I like that. I heard you clap. I feel like I heard you clap. I something. clapped a little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, gave it a little clap. I like the enthusiasm. It, the This is a big series, big series for baseball. Let's get a big crowd out there. They were able to salvage a game. I thought that was a huge win the other day. They had lost those first two. One, uh, second one was 3-1. One. First one was extra innings. It was like 11-11, to 11 and, and Oklahoma State finally poked one through in the 11th. Baylor desperately needed to salvage a game, and they did on Sunday really really good win for the bears but they're gonna have a big crowd this is um this is what people have been waiting on you know what will tailgating look like what is it so there's a lot of questions that come with this um and and we'll get we'll uh visit with mac at some point and find out a little more about what all this means does this mean if you can have 100 percent capacity can you load up and everybody tailgate like they always have i mean the the main thing is, and I know we have some people who are like don't want to go get a vaccination. That's okay. I, mm-hmm. I'm not one of these people who's like telling everybody how they have to live their lives. But I would say that the fact that so many people are fully vaccinated now is the reason they can do this. And you and can, Matt. Numbers you, have plummeted.
3: Matt, you can. You can. Uh, tailgating and cellgating are both back to 100% this year.
1: Nice. Nice. We got everything back. Cellgating, tailgating, tailgating and um, we can get back to arguing, um, Garrett, about whatever that – you remember that? Remember how big the dispute was, the te- whatever those guys were named? Yeah, the, the tailgate, tailgate guys. <laughs> Man, some of our former colleagues, they really got caught up in all that. I, I am not a big tailgater, so I, I couldn't quite get as caught up in that as others, although I got a lot of friends that love that. So I do try to look out for them, and we'll get you all the details on that, but that's great. Okay. So Garrett broke all the news um, 100%, and I think that speaks to uh, where we are in our state. I mean, our state, honestly, is way ahead of the rest of the country. I mean, it's funny. We're talking about 100%. Um, I, I still see things, Garrett, every once in a while in other parts of the country where they're like, let's go back to school. Let's get our kids back in school next year. And I'm just like, wait a second. We did that all year. <laughs> what are y'all talking about? But um, that's just kind of the way it is. And, and um, sometimes it's good to be, you know, t- uh, Texas, and, and sometimes you're like, like in that freeze. We weren't as proud because we were off the grid and we, kind of, we were kind of flat and busted at that point. So, but most times we're, we take a lot of pride in our state. And, you know, the, the 100% thing is what Baylor and Macroads obviously wanted, and now there is a chance that you could have a big game in November and load up with about 50,000 out there at, um, at McLean stadium. So, uh, I, I would say this is a, uh, Garrett, a momentous occasion and it's to be excited about. And I get it. There are probably some people out there who are still being very cautious. Maybe for whatever reason, you haven't had a vaccine. I get it. You don't have to come. And it, by the way, if you want to wear a mask, um, I think that's uh, I think that's fine. I I mean, I would hope we wouldn't shout anybody down who who was more comfortable wearing a mask. I think that's great. But um, the the way the CDC is going pretty much, you know, they're saying if you've been vaccinated now, you can go inside anywhere. I'm fully vaccinated. Um, I I, Garrett, I won't ask you to share, but I I assume that you're uh, you're I'm not. I'll be honest. No, I'm not. Okay, That's fine. That's fine. But bottom line is I don't think they're going to make us turn in our vaccination cards to get into the, 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 games. So what you do is kind of up to you. And I, but I think everything hopefully is going to be uh, back to normal. Some of the graduations that are going on right now have been a little more normal. And I even noticed USC had its, uh, you know, California is way behind us on kind of getting back to normal, but they actually had a ceremony and they safely, they, they distanced all their graduates and did it on the Coliseum field and then had all the parents and everybody up in the stands. I think that's great. I mean, I I really, really feel for the families that had graduates uh, during this time of COVID and just didn't have all the normal fun stuff. The baccalaureate, the, the graduation, that's, you know... Uh, Maybe at the time when we're going through it, we don't think that's a big deal. But looking back on it and for parents and everybody that wants to celebrate you, all oh, that's a big deal. And it's, uh, it's really fun to have all that uh, back going again and uh, 100% at the, the events. And, and, Garrett, as I understand it, it I don't think um, most places outdoors are, are not requiring masks anymore. This uh, I didn't see anything in this announcement that had any sort of uh, it, mask requirements. It
4: says,
3: so in accordance with university policy, outdoor spaces, mask wearing is optional for fans attending Baylor sporting events. So if you want to wear a mask, go ahead, feel free, but you are not required to.
1: You know, I, I, um, I'll probably not. I'll probably not. But again, I'm fully vaccinated, and, and uh, I think what we have to do is continue to be respectful of what everybody wants to do. And let's not get caught on video. If a store or a grocery store or somebody is still requiring masks, let's just do it. We got used to it. I mean, I don't think just because the CDC said something means that the stores have to follow what they do. So let's be respectful. And if somebody tells you to put a mask on, let's do it. But uh, but, uh, optional. I like that, Garrett. Good information as we continue to go back to uh, Baylor sporting events. And these are outdoor events. And hopefully uh, by the time we get to November and December when basketball starts up and then uh, when we get volleyball going again, hopefully all that will happen uh, and we'll be able to get some more fans in there and pack it out. And uh, they, there's a chance they might require masks on the indoor. But who knows? I mean, these things, things are changing quickly in the CDC has obviously opened things up a little bit. All right, um, kind of a fun show for you today. Baylor has made the quarterfinals in tennis. That's the final eight for the the fourteenth time, I think. I got to double check that, but a lot they've done that a lot. So one win away from getting to the final four, and the final uh, that to get there they got to go through TCU. This is fascinating to me. It's a really good tennis team. And um, I'm so inspired by the tennis team, Garrett, that, and you know, I've had this accident that I've been recovering Mm -hmm. from, had had spinal fusion surgery to put my neck back together. And uh, my wife and I went to Saturday, went out and played tennis. So that felt like kind of a neat uh, uh, milestone for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I was out there like the Baylor men's team. I mean, I wasn't. I don't think I hit a lot of winners, um, but we had a nice time. And we got out there and hit the ball around a little bit, and um, so I thought that was pro- I thought that was a sign of progress. And then I think my next my next big milestone will be I'm gonna try to play nine holes, and I, I got to still hit some more shots and get see if I can get my body where it needs to be. But I think uh, playing nine holes would uh, give me some that would be a really big accomplishment. So I uh, uh, I, I did because of this last minute kind of over the weekend hearing uh, Garrett about the. Movement among our lineup, I had to cancel this afternoon my neuromuscular massage where, where they go in there and they work that neck like crazy mm-hmm. and, uh, and kind of open things up for me. So I'm a little stiffer t- during today's show. Not, not, not like my voice or my personality, just my neck. Uh, Garrett, normally this would be the time I would be on the massage table and um, in my uh, masseuse. Uh, uh, working all over my neck and then my throat. If you can believe that, the the neck is connected. The throat muscles have a lot to do with it. So Whew. she even gets in there and rubs that throat. It's uh, it's if you've never had that, it's a little strange. The first time somebody kind of gets in there and starts working around with your throat. Um, on in other another thing, Garrett, you may I don't know if you want to. That's funny. That I was not. going I, to, okay. you, but I'm not. <laughs> I I think I think I'd prefer you not. Okay. I uh I. I now, yesterday's interview with the young man, uh, Garrett Rose from Sam Houston, Garrett. Sometimes you should just tell our management. I see. I don't think they're big into social media like right. we are. Right. Yeah. Like people love that. That thing has gotten downloaded like crazy, and um, so anyway, it, it's uh, it was really it was really something. Um, that thing was was being spread across the, the way, and so that was. Uh, that was a lot of fun. The kid had his, he had no voice left, and then and then later Garrett he put up a uh, a tweet that suggested he was a little nervous during that interview.
3: <laughs> I think he handled it pretty well. You could tell he was a little nervous, but I think he handled it overall pretty well. He's got to get used to it, man. He's a, he's a superstar now.
1: Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have the experience of a Garrett Ross, but as a Garrett Rose with a one T, Garrett, have you thought about going with a one T? You I know like the that, way that looks I think
3: it's a little too hipster for me man I don't, I don't know if I could if I could pull off the one T
1: I want you to think about it thinking about maybe dropping a T or or just or what is your what's your middle name or what's your middle initial uh Shane you know how you you know how authors always do this and you, you write a lot you write about recruiting mm-hmm. I, I want to and so your name is Garrett Shane Ross correct I think you should become GS Ross. Ooh. What did you think about that?
3: Like some H.G. Wells or something. I like it. Yeah,
1: yeah, there you go. There you go. Good for you knowing H.G. Wells. My goodness. Thank you. I mean, you're going way back on that. Like, I mean, you, you seem uh, uh, pretty well read. All right. Uh, it is uh, Mosley and, and Garrett Ross or G.S. Ross today on with you. Stimcox uh, threatening to be back tomorrow. It'll be up to Garrett. Garrett gets to choose when Stephen gets to come back with us. And we'll see if we let him back tomorrow. Uh, but next, we, uh, we've got the tennis coach, Michael Woodson, coming up at 340. All right? That's why I brought up tennis. And that's going to happen at 340. But next, we're going to get into a little bit. We'll hear from uh, Kim Mulkey. We didn't get to play that yesterday. From her, uh, her speech going in to the Hall of Fame, what a proud moment that is. And I know it's weird that she's gone, but as a Baylor community, We need to celebrate uh, the fact that uh, we were, uh, and fans and the players and everybody were a huge part of this with Kim. And uh, let's listen in and celebrate that next.
5: This is a Fox 44
3: weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Michael Point. Mostly cloudy skies tonight with a 90% chance of periods of showers and thunderstorms. Heavy rainfall possible with a low of 66 degrees. Tomorrow we'll see mostly cloudy skies with an 80% chance of scattered showers and storms. Again, heavy rainfall possible and a high of 74. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9 for your forecast first. Plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather.
5: Baylor Lady Bear Softball
6: from the NCAA Tournament
5: on 101.3 FM. Baylor Softball opens play in the NCAA Gainesville Regional Friday afternoon against South Alabama. 315 for the warm-up show. 330 first pitch for Baylor Lady Bears Softball. Follow the Lady Bears in NCAA Regional Play on 101.3 FM.
7: My house
4: here and many of you are realizing it's time to replace those old windows before the hot weather gets here. Call Universal Windows Direct to Central Texas and schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unishield windows are sealed with durolite That's a non-metal spacer that has life expectancy five times that of other systems. And they're offering 0% financing for 60 months. That's 0% financing for 60 months.
6: You want it hot. You want it now. Hot honey pizza, that is. Red sauce, mozzarella, parmesan, ricotta, pepperoni, salami, jalapenos, and a hefty drizzle of Mike's hot honey drizzled on the pizza when it's bubbly and fresh out of the oven. Go to Village Pizzeria at Union Hall in Waco for the unforgettable hot honey pizza that'll keep you going back for more. Visit Village Pizzeria in Union Hall at 720 Franklin Avenue in Waco. Try the hot honey pizza. You'll be back for more. ESPN Radio Sports Center.
4: I'm Ward White with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update. MCC Baseball moves on to host the Super Regional versus Cisco Junior College starting Friday. The winner will advance to the Junior College World Series. China Spring has their new AD. Josh Gregory was named last night. Gregory comes from Round Rock Cedar Ridge, where he was the offensive coordinator. Rangers will try to make it two in a row when they host the Yankees in game two of that series tonight. First pitch is at 7 and you can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. Astros are on a six-game winning streak. They'll start a three-game series in Oakland with the A's tonight. First pitch at 840. Temple Wildcats Aaron Wagman was named 12-6A Pitcher of the Year. Wildcats Brian Williams was also named first-team all-district pitcher for the Cats.
0: Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas.
1: Cole Woodson, Baylor uh, tennis coach, joining us in um, oh, just about twenty minutes, eighteen minutes, and we'll get his take on what's going on with the uh, the Bears as they advance to the quarterfinals. They do this almost on an annual basis, but you always have to embrace it and, uh, and just realize they got a great chance now to get to the Final Four, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to see if they can do that. I mean, they are the number one team in the country right now although the number 2 seed don't quite understand that. Garrett, do we ever decide who is the number 1 seed? It seems like Florida always gets to play there in Orlando, uh, in front of that home crowd. I looked at it recently. It might have, it might be. I know Florida's in this uh is filled to 16. Um, I did see that number 4 Texas, number 4 seed Texas did uh, did advance. They were able to survive and I think the 3 seed so anyway, Texas and TCU still alive. In fact, TCU will play Baylor. So I mean, you have this all the Big Twelve, and you had a co you had the uh, uh, co champions between Baylor, Texas, and TCU this year. And then of course Baylor wins the tournament, and then um, and then we everybody advances. So this will be very interesting to see what happens.
3: Florida is the number one seed. You are correct. All right. Which I don't understand. You know, we talked about this off there. I don't understand how you can be the number one team in the nation, but not the number one seed in the tournament. That makes no sense to me.
1: Well, it's got to do. It has something to do with analytics, and somehow they've determined that Florida's wins or something. Somehow they are maybe a bit more impressive than Baylor's, or maybe they think that uh, where Florida is in the uh, SEC. Maybe maybe it's a deeper conference. I don't know. I don't know. I find that hard to believe, but uh, we could ask Coach Woodson about that. Very as well he's could. coming up. We'll uh, we'll certainly do that. One thing I wanted to do is um, talk a little bit about the ceremony the other night. And Kim Mulkey went in um, to the Basketball Hall of Fame, the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame, and at one point she. Pointed up and said, "You know, shout out to the Baylor fans who were here." And uh, Baylor sent a private plane up there and sent some uh, dignitaries to to represent the Bears. And I know uh, some people that were very meaningful in uh, Kim's career, and 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 also her SID, Kyle Robarts and his wife were included in the trip. And uh, so, you know, I. It, it's hard to know when when, when there's a, a split like this that happens, and it was a it was a tough deal uh, to know what everybody needs to do and who needs to show up and all that kind of stuff. But I do think a lot of Baylor people went and were so appreciative of what uh, Kim has accomplished, and um, and there she was going into the Naismith Hall of Fame. Now I thought Rudy Tomjanovich had a great speech, and Kim got up there after him, and as you would expect, Kim. Did not. It looked like they may have had a teleprompter with their speeches written or something that some of the people were reading off of. Kim pretty much went off on her own, as you would totally expect. And I wanted to play a little bit of this in case you missed it. This was at uh, the Mohegan Sun Casino. It looked like a nice auditorium and a good gathering. And they did these cool little. Uh, oh, I, I. The one video that was really interesting to me, Garrett, is that. Uh, Gino Ariema, the, uh, the famous UConn women's coach, I, I've never thought Gino and Kim particularly liked each other that much. And, and I kind of think that's still the case. But I think there's a huge respect for each other in each other's programs. And, in fact, uh, Gino has spoken admiringly of the crowds that have shown up at the Farrell Center. Like, he loved the atmosphere and, and, in fact, was a little bit uh, envious of it. So I f- But I found it interesting, of all the people who Kim's friends with, that the guy they put on the uh, on the tribute video the most prominently was Gino Ariema. And I think the significance of that was to suggest that, uh, you know, that's about when you start talking about the, the most recognizable and the greatest coaches in college basketball, there's Gino, number one, and Kim may be number two. Don Staley's got to be up there, and then of course, and I'm not talking about I'm talking about lit current coaches. Pat Summit has to be, you know, she's certainly Kayao, but sadly, you know, those folks are no longer with us. Um, and uh, and then Muffet McGraw did such a great job for years, and then uh, um, oh, Coach Tara Vandermeer over at um, over at Stanford. There's some great ones out there, but Kim's right there by at the top. And, uh, and, and it was just really, uh, I think Kim, uh, I think she's still dealing with what this all means. I mean, excited and so on some fronts to be at LSU, but also uh, pretty emotional about not being at the place where she did all this. And she turned uh, Baylor into a monster. Let's listen a little bit to what she had to say. Um, This is her This is Kim Mulkey Talking about How she got into coaching
2: I was talked into being a coach After the 84 Olympics I received a postgraduate scholarship From the NCAA To work on my master's degree And I was sitting in a class And police officers came And got me out of class The first thing you think of Is there's a tragic Accident in your family But they asked me to report to the President's office after class. At that time, the President was F.J. Taylor at Louisiana Tech, who founded the program. And he wanted me to become an assistant coach. He wanted me to do something that I said, I want no part of that world. I'm done. I want to be a CEO and fly all over the country in corporate jets. Little did I know that man knew more about what I was supposed to do than I did. I'm amazed that a university in Texas with which I had absolutely no prior connection welcomed me, they embraced me, and they provided me and my family, my two children, unwavering and unconditional support. So I'd like to give a shout-out to all the Baylor people here tonight.
1: All right, that was nice. Shout-out to all the Baylor people who, uh, who arrived there. There were uh, I noticed uh, one of our local news stations, KWTX, was uh, talking to a couple who had just on their own purchased tickets and decided to go to uh, Connecticut to honor Kim. There were other people, Baylor sent a group, and so there was a nice contingent of Baylor fans, Louisiana Tech sent a private plane. They sent their athletic director. I think that athletic director has been on the job for about six months, but they recognized what she meant to their university and, and, and felt it was important to go honor her. Uh, same with LSU. They sent a private plane. They sent a private jet. And, um, and they, uh, they uh, you know, had a, had a good group and, and um, I think their associate AD or something like that Showed up, so it was uh, it was a good deal. Now here, here Kim is talking about the people, uh, the special people who brought her to Baylor.
7: I mean, we know we're going to get their best stuff, uh, you know. But at the same time, you know.
3: well, that's gone, Matt
7: Garrett. That was uh, that was certainly not. That
1: was, was not. It before. is gone. I don't know who that is. That's okay. That's okay. But I, I thought it was. Um, I thought it was really nice of uh, Kim to. Uh, she she went back and she thanked the previous uh, uh, athletic director, Tom Stanton. He was back before Ian McCall. And when Tom Stanton was there, the horrible Dave Bliss stuff happened, the scandal of 2003. Dr. Robert Sloan was there as well. Now, uh, Kim, obviously what she accomplished in 2005 was was such an uplifting thing for the Baylor family, all the things that they were dealing with and everything. But – to Dr. Sloan and, and uh, Tom Stanton were the ones who, uh, who brought her in. And, in fact, it was Dr. Sloan who uh, first met with, uh, with Scott Drew. And I don't know at the point when he met with Scott Drew, it was, uh, it, you know, he was convinced or anything like that. Uh, but, but Scott can come on strong, and Scott put the full court press on as only he could. And he convinced him, hey, I think we ought to take a chance. And there were some people in basketball back then that held a lot of sway that were calling Baylor to say, you, you might want to look at this guy. You might want to give him a chance. So I, I, think, um, I think it was a, a, a beautiful ceremony. Um, I, 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 you know, the only tough thing is when, when you're going into a class with Kobe, you, you, a lot of folks are going to get overshadowed because, and KG went in too. Kevin Garnett, who had an incredible NBA career, but it it was really all about Kobe, and I understand that. It just um, his death rocked everyone, and I think everybody's still trying to to sort through all that. And his wife showed a great deal of strength up there, but um, but Kim, the thing you like about Kim is she she goes into any crowd. And she commands it, and then she just kind of – she was kind of uh, telling funny stories, talking about Bill Walton, talking about Magic Johnson. And so um, I I just think – I think uh, Baylor – and apparently I am hearing that we have some interesting news that uh, is breaking. So, uh, Garrett, go ahead and – all right, let's go to Garrett Ross in the ESPN Central Texas newsroom. What's up? So
3: according to Curtis Quillen, a Baylor spokesperson confirms that Trinity Oliver and Moon Erson have entered the transfer portal.
1: Okay, all right, That's, uh, that, that does not uh, shock me. Now, Moon Erson, uh, we celebrated her for like Senior Day, I guess because of the COVID and everything. She does have an additional year. She's a big, big-time player. It Was a huge part of this season, and one of the one of the uh, the great leaders for this team. Oliver, nice player, I would say, didn't maybe didn't have the impact uh, maybe uh, we thought she was going to have uh, with the team. But um, uh, so basically, they are, are we saying that they have entered? The portal. Is that right, Garrett?
3: They have entered the portal. It says this comes a day after crystalline Carr hit the transfer portal to go to Syracuse as well.
1: Okay. So it doesn't say where they're going. It no, just, says just the they portal. Are, they are in the portal. Well, I mean, Moon Urson is as good as they come. I mean, she just flat out, she can jump, she can rebound, and any school in the country. Would do just about anything to have her. I'm including UConn. I'm including uh, including South Carolina, and I'm certainly including LSU, because as Kim told us when she came on the air with us last week, once um, and so this goes right along with what we were talking about with Coach Mulkey, I don't think she was trying to talk her old players into going into the portal, but once they go in the portal, they are fair game. So I I um I think I would uh, I would uh, always look. Right there to Baton Rouge, and if Kim has a scholarship for them, you got to see what they have. You got to remember she's stepping into a program that won like nine games last year. I mean LSU's in a bad way now. Their coach Fargus, landed uh, on their, uh, you know, on her feet. She just his named president of one of these WNBA teams. Nikki, no, I'm calling everybody Nikki now. Co- whatever Coach Fargus' first name was at LSU, she is. She is now the president of a WNBA team. Very interesting. I would just say that Moon Erson is one of my favorite players in the history of Baylor women's basketball. Overcame a lot. Overcame being vertically challenged. Listed at 5'6", probably a little more like 5'4", and uh, can jump out of the gym. Was one of the leading rebounders on the team and could shoot it from three. Anybody, um, anybody would be extremely fortunate to have Moon Urson and I hate it that she's not going to be back for another year. I would say though that I think we kind of knew that was coming, from what I can tell. Uh, Garrett, we I, I didn't I was I was not giving any indication right. that Moon Urson was going to be staying with the program. So uh, just to recap, um, Bickle's still with us, Caitlin Bickle and Nalissa Smith, correct? Go anywhere, Nalissa. Um Queen Egbo. Continues to be a lady bear, but you said Trinity Oliver. I feel like there were two Olivers on the team, yeah, Trinity, Trinity Oliver and Moon Urson. But Trinity Oliver and Moon Urson have a spokesperson confirms that they have entered the portal, yes. This, according to a Baylor spokesperson, all right, all right. Well, uh, we will, uh, we will continue to mo- monitor that whole situation with uh, because Nikki Collin, I mean, she's going to bring her own people in. She's going to recruit like crazy. But her first order of business was trying to re-recruit her own players. I would say so far that's gone so-so. I mean, I, you know, keeping Melissa is, uh, you know, we're not trying to be crass or anything, but that's priority one. That's line one. And then Queen Egbo's a big-time player. Caitlin Bickle's a really nice player. But, um, but yeah, you want to try to keep as many of them as you can. All right, we've got an opportunity to visit with the coach of the Baylor men's tennis that's headed to the quarterfinals in Orlando we discuss next
0: recently on The John Moore Show.
5: I thought about this and told a couple people in the press box yesterday. People have asked, man, what's it like to do a national championship game? What's mm-hmm. that like? And I said, it's great. I mean, there's nothing like that uh, professionally. I said, but you know what? You've got to do a lot of Baylor Prairie View A&M games before you get to a national championship game. Yeah. And then last night I found myself sitting there doing Baylor and Prairie View A&M.
0: Tune in to the Voice of the Bears weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m. here on ESPN Central Texas.
6: Elevate your career with a new job at VersaLift Southwest, a Thai manufacturing company. VersaLift Southwest occupies a 16-acre state-of-the-art assembly and upfitting facility that develops and builds the world's best aerial lifts, digger derricks, and cable placers right here in Central Texas. They are now hiring hydraulic, electrical, and service technicians. All openings start at $17 an hour or more. Drop by their location,
5: 7601 Imperial Drive in Waco to apply.
6: Your attention is needed for this special announcement. It's Freedom Country's Grand Opening Sales Event. Central Texas. You've asked for it, and you've
0: got it. Freedom Country's Grand Opening Sales Event is here. And during our Freedom Country Sales Event, you can take advantage of thousands of dollars in savings and zero dollars down delivers. And like I said, we're making car buying easy with five makes two stores all in one location right here in Killeen at Freedom Country. I had to say it all of license ESPN Radio Sports Center.
4: I'm Ward Weitz with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update. MCC Baseball moves on to host the Super Regional versus Cisco Junior College starting Friday. The winner will advance to the Junior College World Series. China Spring has their new AD. Josh Gregory was named last night. Gregory comes from Round Rock Cedar Ridge, where he was the offensive coordinator. Rangers will try to make it two in a row when they host the Yankees in Game 2 of that series tonight. First pitch is at 7, and you can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. Astros are on a six-game winning streak. They'll start a three-game series in Oakland with the A's tonight. First pitch at 840. Temple Wildcats Aaron Wagman was named 12-6A Pitcher of the Year. Wildcats Brian Williams was also named first-team All-District Pitcher for the Cats.
0: Sports Center every twenty minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show, presented by Central National Bank. Here's Matt Mosley.
1: Oh, it is uh, Matt Mosley here. In a little bit. We'll tell you about a uh, new graduate transfer in football. Came in from Buffalo. They play pretty good football at Buffalo. They play pretty good tennis at Baylor. And uh, Michael Woodson joining us now from Orlando, and uh, Bears advance to the quarterfinals. Michael, you all do this almost on an annual basis, but I assume it never gets old.
7: (laughs) Uh, No, you know, especially a year like this where, you know, all these guys got extra years of eligibility. There's so much parity. There's so many really strong teams. There's so many national powers that uh, either didn't make it to Orlando or didn't make it out of the round of 16. Uh, so for, for us to be in the quarterfinals, um, you know, it's, it's just a, a great accomplishment, and we're, we're certainly hungry for more.
1: Isn't it interesting that you can never quite get away from the Big 12? Uh, they, you know, you guys, you guys all tied. Then you guys take the tournament, uh, and, then, uh, and then here you are uh, against TCU. I, I guess the good news is you probably know them as well as anybody possibly could know them. Well, the, the same could be said for them. As you as you enter something like this, what are the pros and cons to, to playing someone you have so much familiarity with?
7: Yeah, one of one of my staff members said the other day, you know, the, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. Um, <laughs> and so I, I do feel like we, we know each other extremely well. Um, you know, we always – Get, get up for a match like that. It's, it's the most exciting thing, you know, about playing at Baylor is opportunities to play teams like TCU, Texas, you know, the best in the country and, and our biggest rivals. And I just feel like it's a fantastic opportunity. We, we know what to expect. We know we're going to have to bring our best tennis. Uh, but, you know, there, there's no, nothing's going to take us by surprise. Um, you know and i know it's going to feel the same for them but you know with with our with our squad and and you know what we've been able to accomplish this year i think we can go in knowing uh that if we're confident and we give our best that we'll we'll be in it at the end
1: does it feel any uh different to you to be going into this now twice you were named interim coach and recently it's the first time i've gotten to talk to you since you were named uh the actual head coach the interim tag was taken away did uh Uh, you know after that happened earlier this month does it does it feel any different to you Uh, as you as you as you you know showed up at the Sweet 16 was there a different feeling for you or your players or anything like that and by the way congratulations.
7: (laughs) Thank you. Um, Honestly no Uh, you know we've been so focused on you know trying to make sure we make the sacrifices that we need to to train and compete at the highest level in what's been a different year, Um, you know, and, and also as a staff, we've been just focused on giving these guys the best possible experience that they can have. Um, and that's, a, you know, uh, staying present day in and day out. I uh, really had, hadn't thought much about the future, hadn't, hadn't thought much about anything other than what can we do here at Baylor to, to serve these young men. Um, you know, very, very excited to be remaining here long term, you know, both professionally and personally with my family. Um, you know, my family's excited as well. But, you know, it's business as usual for us. Um, you know, and, and don't want to, you know, do anything other than prepare the guys to, to compete. And uh, I think they're, you know, locked in and focused, ready to go.
1: All right. Uh, talking to Michael Woodson, uh, Baylor men's tennis coach. Michael, what is, um, what's that place for people that have never been, uh, we've, a lot of us have been to Orlando, to Disney World and all that, but that facility where they play this thing every year, um, what is the what's the atmosphere, the environment? I don't know, Florida's kinda like Texas. Seems like they probably allow a few more fans than other places. You probably heard the news, Baylor's now gone to a hundred percent for outdoor. That was a little late for you guys this season, but uh, what is, what's the atmosphere like during a normal time um, when you show up at a, at a place like this as you get to the quarterfinals and then on hopefully into the Final Four? What's, what's, the, what's the facility like and what's the, what's the atmosphere usually like?
7: Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of excitement. It's just a, you know, it's a hotbed for tennis. Um, you know, it's obviously the, the head of U- United States professional tennis. It's the national campus. There's over a hundred courts here. Uh, it's an absolutely beautiful facility. And, you know, there's, it's got its own collegiate wing uh, where, you know, this type of event can be held, you know, some some years. And, uh, it's just a lot of excitement, you know, people that love the game, that that appreciate the sport that come in and, uh, you know, to, to really cherish this opportunity to see some of the, the world's best tennis players, you know, that compete on the men's and women's side in college and Um, You know, it's a lot of fun. I think it's awesome, you know, to get the the coverage that these guys are getting from the media and from, uh, you know, just the TV and, you know, see the cameras rolling and people serving these guys. I mean, it's, you know, in tennis, it's not always like that. And so to be one of the elite uh, programs and to be, you know, kind of treated like that, I think it's a great experience for our student-athletes.
1: All right, I, I've been interested in, in reading about your, your team. It, it, Baylor won the national title back uh, uh, 2001, I, but but this team seems to be particularly deep. And, and and one of the comments you've made, I think it was about Charlie Broom, and then even about Spencer Furman, that that it's just these guys are not typical of sort of being on that line. How much of a luxury is that for you as a coach to know that you have that kind of depth and that those kind of like, uh, you know, quality players on down the line?
7: Yeah, I mean, it's, uh yeah, we, you know, it was actually 2004 uh, that, that Baylor won, um, you know, and, and I think that team was absolutely stacked. And I think, you know, yes, they had the two of the best players in the country, but, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of the match comes down to how deep you are and and how consistent you are at at spots four, five, and six, Um, you know, because everybody has a few really good players. Uh, Every match is going to be really tough at one, two, three, at the top doubles line. And, uh, you know, for us, we've, we've really got six, you know, plus guys uh, really going all the way to about, you know, 10, 11, 12, where we feel really confident. Um, and the six guys, yeah, I mean, you know, Nick Spencer and Charlie have had so much experience playing at the top of the lineup at, at their previous schools that, um, you know, they, they, they really are just there because there's nowhere else to put them. Somebody has to play four or five and six, uh, and it, it's really a luxury for us, and it gives our guys a lot of confidence.
1: Yeah, I should remember that because it was right after the scandal, and honestly, that was a pretty incredible thing for our school because it kind of – there have been so many bad things said about us. In 2004, that was a pretty incredible thing. Uh, talking to Michael Woodson, the Baylor uh, men's tennis coach. So ex- tell me how – like we always talk about transfer portal in football and in basketball. It obviously happens in other sports as well. So you've got an Ivy Leaguer in Broome, uh, comes over from Dartmouth, like, how, does, how do you become aware of a guy, by way of England, by the way, how, how does that work out? Like, a, a guy like that that has an unbelievable Ivy League career but decides, hey, I want to come to a, a big-time, highly-ranked school like Baylor. How did, how, did, um, how did the two sides get together on something like that?
7: Yeah, we, uh, you know, I actually uh, knew Charlie from his time, you know, when I when I worked uh, with the USTA collegiate team, coaching some of the top American college players in the summers. He was playing some similar tournaments and kind of ran in the same circles as those guys, and so I was familiar with him. Uh, you know, we have a player, Finn Bass, who he plays doubles with that uh, they'd known each other since they were eight years old, and and when Charlie, you know, showed up on the portal, I, I gave him a call. We connected. He was not sure whether he was going to turn pro. Or, or uses extra year of eligibility, and um, you know, I think he it, it was a huge priority for him to you know make sure that he went somewhere where he could develop uh, and and get closer to professional tennis, uh, and you know that's that. Baylor ended up being the place that he chose over a couple of the other better, you know, best schools in the country that are still in this tournament. And I think uh, it's been a great decision for him and, and obviously for us. Uh, he's been an incredible asset to this team. And he's a yeah, he's an amazing young man.
1: All right. Getting to quarterfinals and then uh, boy, with final four. This would be pretty awesome, Michael, on the heels of the men winning it all. Um, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I'm already thinking about what that would be like. Final four. How, how does that um, remind me, Michael, Does that once you get to that, I've been following this thing on that Tennis One app and everything. How Once you get to the final four, do they start putting this? I mean, I, I feel like that's when it should be on ESPN or the Tennis Channel or something like that.
7: Uh, the Tennis Channel is covering the two evening matches on Thursday night um, and also okay. Wednesday night for the women's side. Uh, we happen to be playing at uh, the, the second match of the day, so we'll be playing at 2 Eastern, um, 1 Central time on, on Thursday. So we'll be on the Tennis One app, but, um, you know, with a win, I think we'll that would put us on the Tennis Channel on Friday night.
1: All right. For people that don't, Tennis Channel is 217 for you direct TV people, and I, I do kind of uh, like – going by there on my on my way to the golf channel sometimes uh, and and checking all that out it, do the when the gators show up and it, I don't you know obviously they're a highly uh, seeded team it, how big a home court advantage is that do they do they, do their fans take that place over or is it do, do they get crazy do they show up what's that like?
7: I think they have a good crowd. Um, you know, when we played them a couple of years ago here, yeah, I felt like there was definitely more, you know, Gator fans than than Baylor fans. But you know, we've got we, we've got a, a strong contingent of people that travel, and I think you know some uh, other teams do as well. And so it feels it feels kind of neutral you know, and, and it really depends on how loud those individuals are in the stands or off the court, um, that really kind of swings it, uh, you know, it swings the environment one way or the other, but they get a decent crowd.
1: All right. Well, I was following that the other day. I think Ole Miss, you know, the fact that, I mean, y'all still beat them going away, but the fact that they kind of hung in there and, and pushed you into some third sets and that kind of thing, I, I think that'll bode well moving forward. And, and, uh, uh, it's just you guys not are not always challenged as much, and, and I think uh, this next one you'll be. It's not hard to get up for playing TCU and anything. So uh, listen, we're we're excited, and um, uh, everybody's following you from back home. And continued success, the the number one overall team in the country, Michael, the number two seed. Uh, someday you'll explain that to me, but uh, but for now, that's uh, that's what we have to go on.
7: We really appreciate the coverage. Thanks for the support. We're excited to keep it going here.
1: All right, there he goes, Michael Woodson, uh, no longer the interim coach, the head coach. Baylor men's tennis, a team that uh, really has, uh, has, I mean, kind of has grabbed everybody. I'm also keeping an eye on the, the NCAA regional Baylor men's golf. And there's a young man that is really carrying this team right now, uh, Grider, Ryan Grider. And uh, goodness gracious, he's he's fighting and scrapping up there, and he's in top five. I gotta take a peek and see how they're doing because they uh, play was suspended because of weather. They were gonna start back up at about one thirty, and so we'll see how they're doing. They have a young man named Cooper Dossi who's really one of the finest players in the country. And for whatever reason, and I don't know if he's banged up, I really don't know. He's uh, not been himself lately. But uh, you never know. He's capable of going low at any time. And they also have a guy named Johnny Kiefer. Garrett, you'd love him. Kind of a straight bill, uh, long-haired kid, likes to grow the hair out, and has a little bit of a Ricky Fowler look about him. And he's got some uh, – the guy's got some flair to his game. Okay. I can support he might, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, I, you know, it's, uh, it's fun. Uh, they, the David K., SID for golf and basketball, men's basketball, he puts up these little videos and stuff. So they're fun to follow via Twitter. Um, one other thing I wanted to say. Garrett, hopefully you've had time to look at this guy. Um, I was looking on your site. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you do work for rivals. And, uh, and so I was looking, and then one of your, your mortal enemies, the 24-7 guys, also have some stuff <laughs> up here. The Baylor Lands Buffalo graduate transfer offensive lineman, Jacob Gall. All right. Last year they had a guy come in uh-huh. um, and he started immediately, and now he's trying to make the NFL and um, pretty good, pretty pretty good player. I think they moved him into guard. He came from. Do you remember Garrett? Um, oh, young. the young, no, I the do young not man remember. came in. No, nah, if I thought hard enough, Pac-12, UCLA. He came in from UCLA. Okay, tell us about the Buffalo graduate transfer, Garrett.
3: Okay, so this kid is six two, three oh five. 305. Uh, he saw seven games last year for Buffalo. He's played in 20 games throughout his entire career. Uh, he initially started his career off as right guard, uh, but last year he emerged uh, uh, to be successful as left guard. So, you know, and, and when we look at Coach Mateos and how he likes to rotate those guys along the line, not necessarily put a set position with each one of them, I think that uh, Gall is going to be able to step in uh, it, it kind of – mold into that that mindset where he's already had the experience playing on both sides of the line.
1: All right. I like that. And I'll add this. Pro football focus rated Gall, the top left guard in America, with a 90.5 overall blocking grade. He anchored a Not Buffalo bad. line that was a finalist for the Joe Moore Award. It's the best offensive line in America. Gall led the Bulls individually in both pass and run block grade. All right. Get him in here. Get him in here in that wide nine or whatever we're calling it. That, get that offense, Grimes and Mateos. Let's get that thing going. Good news. Good news. The young man coming from Buffalo, graduate transfer, Jacob Gall. All right. Um, that is all we have for today. We turn it over. Oh, man, Tommy's waiting in the bullpen. I mean, all I've, I've gone a strong seven innings, another quality start by Mosley and Ross. And uh, and, and game time, we'll have to come in here and see if they can clean it up for us. Uh, It is uh, game time. This is Matt Mosley for Garrett Ross. We're signing off. Everybody have a great evening.